Good morning. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I love hearing stories like that. I love, love hearing stories like that about God just changing people's lives. And uh, we're in the middle of a series called Invest in the Person. Thank you so much for coming this morning, being here in the early service. We're expecting a great day all day today. And I just want to welcome the Hernandez family. They're here with us in this service this morning. Can we give them another round of applause today? I look forward, I look forward each week uh, whenever I'm passing through and I see them, they are investing back in, uh, in the Lord and in the community and, and putting connection cards in place and cleaning up the pews, vacuuming up after you messy people and all. I mean, they, they are doing all, they even do windows, by the way. If you're looking to hire someone for windows, it's amazing all that they do. And you know, I just love hearing their story and lo- love knowing how they came into EVC. Cordelia Wilder, and I'm not sure which service, if she's in here being the next one or whatever, but, but she started a ministry a few years ago called Unhindered. And it's a ministry that Cordelia felt that was such a pressing need in our community and really just everywhere, especially for churches, to be certain that we are reaching out into our world around us for families who have special needs kids. Uh, Cordelia herself, having uh, Quentin in her life, a special needs child, and they're a part of Special Olympics, and they do so many different things. They have so many people who are around them that she is in a network with that she shared with us a few years back. She said, guys, she said to our pastor, she said, do you realize, she said, how many families there are in our community who feel alone? They feel isolated. Uh, they often feel like maybe their kids are misunderstood. And so they have a difficult time uh, connecting in and plugging in to any kind of church whatsoever. So she launched this ministry and it started off, and, it, and this is what they even had one of these last night with, a, with a, a monthly respite time for parents to be able to bring their kids up here. And many of you serve in this ministry, and the parents get a bit of a break so they can go out on a date or do some of the things that they need. Need to do, uh, and it's just that's one of the just one of the facets of the unhindered ministry that is just thriving. This ministry has grown tremendously over these years, and especially as we have moved in, and people are, are becoming more and more aware of that. They also have another branch of the ministry that's called Warrior Friends, and this isn't this isn't for smaller kids with special needs. This is for teenagers and even young adults, and they have up to fifty-two who are now in this network now uh, of them that are coming, and it's, it's not only something that they have social interaction, but this is something else that, that uh, Cordelia told me about. They are training them and equipping them to serve and to also invest and to give back, because here's the reality. Everybody has something to give, right? Everybody, ha- everybody is, is, has value, and everybody has something to offer, and so they're being equipped for service of the Lord, and I love that, as well as another part of the ministry is on Sunday mornings for them to have something for them to do on Sunday mornings and also for parents maybe to come in and be able to to worship the Lord. And so I am so thankful for this incredible ministry that has gotten, gotten, gotten started. And you know, this ministry, let me tell you how it's grown. They are now serving over 59 families. Now, I'm not talking about 59 individuals. Multiply that with families. 
They're now serving over 59 families in our community, and and not all of them are uh, attending EVC, but many of them have come into EVC because of this great ministry. There are over 80 people in our community, many of them are here in our church, but over 80 people who are serving in this ministry now, isn't that awesome, who have felt a call to be a part of that. And again, there are 52 who are in the Warrior Friends, and and you know, here's what I want to say about that. When we moved in, uh, this ministry was just really kind of getting up and started and it was beginning to grow and now it's just growing like crazy. And as we've been talking about expanding our facilities to be able to meet the needs in our community, you know, they're sharing some space right now. We're all kind of sharing space. But what we believe and we feel like is that this ministry is growing so tremendously and these people who need our love and need our support, they need dedicated space in this church facility. And so I unapologetically ask you to join us in investing in these people as we seek to make room for them, as we seek to love them. And that's what we're talking about in this series, Invest in the Person. You know, in our conversation with many of them, uh, many of them would say that for various reasons that they have felt marginalized in our community or in in churches as a whole. Many times maybe churches don't have, uh, or they don't know what to do, or they're not sure how to engage in in ministry to them, and sometimes it's out of ignorance, and sometimes it's it's just out of of ignoring and not not realizing that there are people who need love who are battling with with children who have special needs and some of the challenges that come along with that, and so sometimes they just don't know what to do. Well, we we have, because of Cordelia, leadership in this, God has awakened our hearts to this, and this is a ministry that is, that is a treasure to us that we just want to continue to see to grow. But many of them, they, they've shared with us as we've asked them kind of their experiences, they've shared that oftentimes they've kind of felt pushed to the edges. Oftentimes they felt overlooked or felt like what was going on in their lives didn't matter, and so many of them feel lonely. Many of them feel like they don't have people who are supporting them. And so oftentimes, and Cordelia was even sharing this with me, many of the parents will battle with depression or battle with anxiety because they oftentimes just feel alone. But you know, there are people all over our community and in our society who we would say are on the margins. People who have been pushed to the edges. People that that maybe feel like they are isolated or feel like they've been overlooked or or that maybe they don't matter to the church or matter to others who are in our community. It It could be the elderly who feel that way, who often feel very lonely, who feel like they've been forgotten. It could be maybe someone who has an illness and, and, and maybe because of their illness, they've been shut in and un, unable to come and connect to church. Maybe it's a single parent that maybe they feel alone in the battles of everyday life, just trying to, to get the kids everywhere that they need to go, and, and they feel that struggle. There are people all over our community, church, that we need to be aware of that feel marginalized, that feel like they are forgotten that feel like people don't care. It could be the refugee, it could be those who have gotten out of prison and they're trying to get their lives turned around now. It could be the immigrant, or maybe it's just somebody that's different from you. I wanna say this, listen, regardless of what your politics are, we are believers and followers and citizens of heaven first and we are called to love people like Jesus did, amen, right? We are called to love people 
So let me ask you this question as we go to the Gospel of Mark. Here is the question. Who needs Christ's love through you? And I don't want to say next week. I want to say today. Who needs Christ's love through you? And and as we begin to dig into this passage, I want you to be thinking about this. So turn with me in your Bibles, and I want you to see how Jesus invested so often in people who were on the margins. How people, how people who felt left out, Jesus made special, gave special attention to and made, was so intentional in connecting with them. I think of so many different examples. People who were sick that often would be forgotten. People who had leprosy, Jesus would make certain to, to go and connect with them. People who were trapped in a sinful kind of lifestyle and maybe they were battling with that. Samaritans who were racially different and had religious differences. Jesus made sure as we looked last week at, in John chapter four that he connected with the Samaritan woman and invested in her life. People with disabilities oftentimes were pushed to the margins, especially in this Jewish culture. Many times, many times you'll see that when you look in the scriptures and you'll see exactly how Jesus would love and go after and treat people who had been pushed to the margins. So let's look in in Mark chapter 10 today, and and again, this is what I love about our Savior. You see, Jesus didn't let man-made barriers prevent him from going and loving people. Jesus didn't let people who are pushed to the margins not accept or, or, or get to experience his love. This is what we see Jesus doing. Jesus moved the margins. He moved the margins to include people, right? He showed people their value. He showed that every person, no matter what their background or what they were going through, that every person deserved respect. Every person deserved dignity. So uh, I I want to look in this passage and I want you to begin to ask, who does God want me to love this week? Who's on the margins in my own life? Do you know that God places people in our paths? I don't believe in these accidents that, that we might say, well, that was just a coincidence that this person came in my life, but God specifically places people in our paths. So we're gonna learn, how do I love people who are in my path? How do I, how do I really begin to do this? It wasn't just an accident that that person showed up in your life or by happenstance. God puts them in your sphere of influence for a reason, just like God connected Cordelia and Sandy Hernandez, right? There was a reason behind that, and now a family is being loved, and they are showing love to others in the community and investing back in the community and showing that same kind of love. So who's in your path? How do you love people who are in your path? Well, Mark chapter 10 tells us that Jesus was teaching the disciples at this point, and he was teaching them that their primary responsibility was to serve others. It was to love God, but it was to also love people. Do you know that one of the best ways that you love God is by loving people? That's one of the things that that, that Jesus would talk about so often, right? And and so, in fact, in Mark 10, 45, to give you context, because we'll be in verse 46, but in 10, 45, Jesus says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you need to know that at this moment, that we're about to look at this passage in the context, Jesus was at the pinnacle of his popularity, 
There were crowds that were all around him that, that, that just were crowding in, that were coming to Jesus. They were seeking hope in their life. And in the context of this as well, Jesus' face has already been set towards Jerusalem. He knew why he, was, why he was here, what he was coming to do, and now he was, he was making his way literally towards Jerusalem where he would celebrate that last supper and that Passover meal with his disciples, and therefore that evening, being, uh, uh, that evening he would be betrayed by one of his own and ultimately go to the cross for our sins. He had a lot on his mind. He was pretty busy, right? Verse 46, Mark chapter 10 says this, then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, what does it say, church? A large what? A large crowd, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, who was the son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. He was on the outskirts of town there. He was on the side of the road. The crowds were huge around Jesus. People were drawn to him because of his compassion. They were drawn because he was teaching now with authority like nobody had ever taught before. They were drawn because he was healing people. He was loving people. He was moving the margins. And people were drawn to that kind of love. The crowds were big, just like as crowds are growing here at EVC. But there's something that I always want us to be certain of, no matter how much our church grows, no matter how many services we're doing, no matter how many people are here rushing through these, this, this common space and in the children's area and the parking, I always want us to remember that people are not coming here because of our building. They're certainly not staying because of a building. The days of if you just build a building and, and they will come, those days are over for the church. That's not the case anymore. Do you know what people are looking for? They're looking for acceptance. They're looking for love. They're looking and wanting to know if this Christ that we say is in our lives, is he real? Has he made a difference in our own life? They're, they're, looking, they're looking for this idea of wondering if anybody would love them and accept them. So here's the question for you. Do you they're wondering, do you care about them? Do, do you really care about those who are in our community? They want to know if Jesus is making and has made a real difference in you. That's what keeps people in churches. It's not buildings. Buildings are wonderful. We're thankful for this facility. But people don't come because of a building. A building has never changed anybody's life. God uses people to change lives. So this crowd was big around Jesus. But notice Jesus' attention to the one. Jesus never forgot that crowds are made up of individual people that they're made up of individuals, people who are struggling. Jesus never forgot that the people who were in the crowd, all of them had different kinds of needs. They had different hurts. And so we must never forget that as well as, as, as our church continues to grow. We must never be just about a crowd. We don't want to build crowds. We want to build disciples for Jesus. That's what we're called to. We're not even about making church members. He called us to make disciples. Disciples who are making disciples who are making disciples, right? So notice his attention to the one. I want you to see that every person matters. When Bartimaeus, verse 47, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have, what does he say? Mercy. Okay, that's really important. Have mercy on me. Now, I want you to notice 
the people who are around him, their response to this, to this man, what do they say? Be quiet. Man, shut up. You're annoying Jesus. Many of the people yelled at him. But what did he do? He only shouted louder, right? You gotta admire Bartimaeus's his tenacity here. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now it's really important that you, that you understand that son of David being mentioned here that Bartimaeus may have been blind physically, but here is something I want you to see. He was not blind spiritually because he knew who Jesus was. This is an, this is a, an acknowledgement of the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And he is speaking of this Messiah, the one who could bring hope. He's crying out to the one who could save him and not only meet his physical need, but a spiritual need that he had. Bartimaeus had been pushed to the edges of the town and as a result, because of his disability, became a beggar and was, it was necessary that nobody would give him a shot. Nobody would help him. Many times in that culture, if you had a disease or a disability, you were, it was looked upon that you had done something wrong or your parents had done something wrong and this was a just punishment. So people with disabilities were often pushed to the edges. They were often looked down upon. Many of them were forgotten. But this is what is so powerful for us because Jesus is gonna show us actions. This is gonna be one of the most practical messages that you can use because you're gonna see exactly what Jesus did in investing in this person and we can imitate this and be more like Jesus, right? So how do you love people who are in your path well, what do we see Jesus doing? Number one, here's what I see. This is how Jesus loved him. Jesus heard him over all the noise. He heard this man over the noise and the crowd that was making noise, the chaos that was around Jesus, right? Bartimaeus was shouting loud. The crowd was shouting. Did you notice their response? They're telling him to shut up. They're acting as if he's, he's a burden to Jesus. Don't you know that Jesus is too busy to deal with someone like you? I mean, they're acting as if Jesus would be annoyed by this man. They certainly didn't care about him. He was a nuisance to them. They even started shaming him. You be quiet. Nobody wants to hear you. You're at the edges for a reason. This is kind of what was going on. So they tried to silence this man. There was so much noise around Jesus, and I just don't want you to envision that chaos around Jesus. People are drawn to him. Everybody is wanting something. Even, even uh, people in the crowd who are around Jesus, they're, they're all desiring something because they all have some kind of need in their life. So Bartimaeus often would be overlooked, but not on this day. Bartimaeus would be the person who's on the edges that many people would be so focused on maybe their own need that they would forget these people around them. So he got pushed to the edges on the outside of town. But look at the next verse, verse 49. When Jesus, what does it say? Heard him. Now there was a lot of noise, but Jesus heard this one man. There was a lot of chaos, but Jesus noticed this one man in this huge crowd. What was Jesus hearing? He heard the pain. You know that there are people who are all around you every single day that are in a lot of pain. This week has just been one of those weeks as a pastor where, the, where you just realize how many people are hurting. I'm sorry. You realize that uh, there's a lot of pain in this room. And there's a lot of pain outside these doors. And it's a reason God reminds me this week why we do what we do. 
Amen? This is not about buildings. This is about people, right? There are people all around you who are hurting. There are people all around you this morning who are sitting across the aisles from you, maybe sitting right next to you, that they are battling with something, something that is a struggle in their life. And, and, and the question is, do you notice them? I know you're probably battling with something and maybe in the midst of your battle, it's hard to notice because we often get focused on ourselves, but, but, but are, are you noticing people when you're out in the community? Are you noticing people? Are, are you so stuck on your phone and looking down at your phone that you're missing the people that God is putting right in front of your face on a regular basis? And I, and I say that as a correction to myself because I can be one that looks at my phone a lot. Right? And, and, and am I so engrossed in that? Am I so busy, right, that, that I'm not seeing people around me? Uh, I can't help but noticing that Bartimaeus was shouting. People were shouting around him. There was a lot of shouting that was going on. Why all the shouting? Because there was a lot of pain there. And anywhere where there is shouting, anywhere where people are shouting, you can know behind the shouts there is pain. There's a lot of shouting going on in our society today, wouldn't you say that? A lot of shouting, a lot of division, a lot of polarizing views on things, people shouting back and forth, back and forth. It's a broken society, right? Lots of people are shouting, and where they're shouting, we need to understand that there is pain. Millions of people feel like they're sitting on the side of the road. Millions of people feel alone. No matter how connected they are through a, tele, through a telephone or through social media, so many people feel like they are alone or feel like they're not valued. Many maybe have lost their job or their job's been outsourced or, and they're hurting. Some are having family problems and their marriages are suffering. Some are, are, are feeling discriminated against for whatever reason, right? Or maybe they're, they're the elderly who are, in, who are shut-ins in their home and, and maybe just someone hasn't checked on them in quite some time or, or you know, maybe you just feel like your values are just being overlooked and that's a scary time in our society. But you know what I noticed? Jesus, in spite of all the chaos, he heard the person. He didn't just hear the noise. He, he was honed in on people. He heard a person. He didn't get angry with him as this man was shouting at him. He, he realized there's something going on behind the shouts. Now what I want to do is, in these moments that I have left with you, I want to give you some, just some practical things. I want to give you practical application in each of these points. So what you might could do with this point today is ask this question or begin to, 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 to make this determination this week that you are going to tune in. You're going to tune in to people's pain. Yes, there's a lot of noise, but you're going to intentionally, you're going to look behind the noise this week. You're gonna wonder if there's something else that's going on. You notice that when we don't take the time to at least listen to people that shouting gets louder, right? That they, they'll shout all the more, maybe because they're trying to get some kind of attention. Maybe they need someone to pay attention to them. Bartimaeus shouted louder and louder in the entire crowd. Only out of that entire crowd, only Jesus heard him. Only Jesus heard that there was something that was going on with this man and Jesus stopped, right? Let me ask you something, believer. Are you hearing the cries of the people who are around you or is it just noise to you? People you work with, people you go to school with. Isn't it good to know, church, that Jesus hears our pain? 
And some of you are going through something really hard this week. And I want you to know that he notices, that he, that he notices what you are dealing with as an individual. You know, loving starts with listening. It starts with listening to other people. So it starts with our ears. But look at this next part. It says this. It says next, he stopped. He stopped and he said, tell him to come here. Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, man, he's, he's calling you. So notice he starts with his ears, but then notice what he does. He goes to his eyes next. Jesus stopped and now he's giving direct attention. He stopped what he was doing. He gave attention. Loving people starts with our ears and with our eyes. Did you notice that he stopped everything that he was doing and gave a focused attention to this man? He gave him his most valued commodity. What is it? Time. He gave him his time. You, did you notice Jesus wasn't multitasking while somebody was trying to talk to him? Did you notice Jesus wasn't looking at his phone? Okay, I, I know he didn't have one, but did you notice he wasn't doing that? Or he wasn't trying to multitask and, man, I'm busy, I've got so many things, I'm listening to you, you know. No, Jesus, Jesus stopped everything that he was doing. Jesus had plans, he had an agenda. You know what his agenda was? To go provide salvation for us. That's a pretty big deal, right? He was pretty busy. But here's what I noticed, people's pain is more important than our plans. Their pain is more important than our plans. Here's your takeaway from this, here's your application. To be used by God, if you wanna be used by God, and I know that many of you are here, you desire for God to use you. But if you wanna be used by God, then we must not see hurting people as interruptions. We shouldn't see it as an interruption, but you need to realize that maybe God put them in your path as a divine appointment. Maybe you're the instrument he wants to use to invest in that person that's hurting. And I know we're all busy. A lot of people would say, uh, to, before they ever say anything to me or they ask something of me, and, th and this kind of bothers me because it, I hope that I'm not putting this off to people, is they'll say, look, I know you're busy. They often start with an apology, right? And I know you're busy, but would you listen to me about this or whatever, and, and I realized Whenever I started hearing that, I started thinking, I sure hope that I'm not communicating that. And if I've communicated that to you, I want you to know that I'm sorry. Because people's pain should not be an interruption to us. For, for any of us. Here's what I know. We're all busy. It's just the culture, right? And we can't change what's going on in our culture and the busyness and the frantic pace, but we can, we can be certain that we respond differently, right? If you're too busy to care about people who are struggling, you are too busy. And something needs to change in your life. And aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't see us as just problems to be solved, right? Oh, they're, they're, these people and their problems. No, he sees us as having value and being worthy of investing time in. He made an investment in this man with a disability, in this man who was blind. Jesus gave his life away for others and he wants us to be more like him and us giving our lives away. That's what it actually means to be a Christian, is to give your life away, right? Investing your time, but do you know what? If you decide to be like Jesus, it's gonna cost you. You know what it's gonna cost you? It's gonna cost you inconvenience at times. It's gonna cost you time. It may cost you money. 
It, it, it may cost you in an emotional expense on your side, right? The hurting around us aren't problems to be solved, they're investments in people to be loved. Look at what Paul wrote in Philippians 2.4, don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Don't just think about, and now he's gonna begin to say, be like Jesus, have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. What was the attitude that Jesus had? Do you know what he's gonna get into? Humility. You see, some of us, the reason that we don't help others is we think too much of ourselves. We think our time is too precious. We think that what's going on with us is too important. And in fact, do you know that, that Paul in Galatians, we'll see it in a second, will say, he'll say this, Paul, I love how he says it, you're not that important. That's what he says, okay? If you think you are, he says, you're not as important as you think you are. Now, now you are valued, but some of us, we have a self-importance that we think that we can't give of ourselves. I came across this article this week and I just thought it was fascinating that it was actually an article that was written and here's what it was about. It wasn't about a lady who was a believer, but it was about a, a young lady. She's a millennial in that millennial generation. She was in a coffee shop and uh, here was the actual headline. Woman spends two hours speaking with elderly man in cafe. That was a headline in a newspaper this week. Like, like, that's how rare that is, right? It's made the news. Now, she did go post about this on social media, which is how it got found out, but, but you know, regardless of that. But here's what she said. She said, I noticed him. She said, I noticed that he was by himself. She said, I just decided to go sit down with him and talk to him. She said, I sat with him for two hours, and he told me war stories. And this is what she said. Now, here's the biggest part of the story. He thanked her because he said that was the only conversation he has had with another human being in two months. And that just, again, it hurts our hearts, doesn't it? But it shouldn't just make us feel pity in a sense of just feeling sorry. It should move us to action. Something should change in our hearts as a result of that. You know, sometimes people who are on the margins, their greatest need is not like Bartimaeus to see. Do you know what their greatest need is? To be seen, to be noticed. Is there somebody who needs to be seen by you this week? Is there somebody today that maybe you haven't seen around here in a while? I don't know if you've noticed, but this church is getting bigger and we need more eyes around here. We need more people who, are, who will go after the one that's been lost, or go after the one who, who's, who's wandered from the fold, who will, who will reach out. We need you to help us as your pastors. We need you to say, we buy in to loving people. We wanna help you, pastors. We wanna come alongside and love these people, right? Now notice what Jesus does next. He asks him questions. This is the next thing that he does. Now think about this, Jesus is God, he's all knowing. He doesn't ask questions because he's lacking information. He's showing us how to do this, okay? He asked questions just like he did with the Samaritan woman at the well last week. He, he knew about her status, he knew what was going on, but he started with saying, would you give me a drink of water? He wanted to kind of begin to build a bridge with her and begin to, to make an opportunity to develop this conversation with her. He, he begins to ask questions and, and he starts with Bartimaeus and what does he say? Verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, he jumped up, he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, did you see how personal this was for Bartimaeus? 
my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. I just want to see. You know, Jesus didn't ask questions for his benefit. He asked questions for the benefit of those who are around him, for the benefit of us, to show us what to do. He's modeling how important it is that we ask questions of people, not assume that we already know what's going on with them. Or not presume to tell them what we think they need to hear. He's asking questions to draw out from the man what he really was desiring. And then when somebody shares, you know, what what should we do? Oftentimes, instead of listening, we're formulating what we're going to say next. This is what we need to do. We need to slow down and we need to really, this is a big deal, listen. Look at people. Look in their eyes. Be sure that, 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 that you're stopping, that you're, that you're listening. So here's, here's your action point. Here's what you can do this week, man. Learn to ask questions and then actually listen. Don't just ask a question and, and go about your business or, or look at your phone. But, but isn't it funny? We can get into conversations and tell people what we think that they need before we ask. You know, one of the things that we're learning as we're trying to plant churches is that in some cases where we've made mistakes in planting churches is we're going in and we're trying to tell people who are in the community what they need. Do you know the best way to plant a church is to go in and ask people, what are your needs? And then begin to meet those needs and then begin to use those as bridges to the gospel. Gospel conversations. So, so ask questions. Now look at what verse 52 says. Jesus said to him, At this point, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see. Now look at what happens with this man. And he followed Jesus down the road. A follower was made. A disciple was made. Now in Matthew, the same story is recorded, but Matthew records that there was another blind man that was there as well. It's, th- it's, it's, it's thought that maybe Mark was mentioning only Bartimaeus because it's thought that, that he was a prominent follower of Jesus, that Bartimaeus would become that at some point. Honestly, I don't know why. One is mentioned in two and one of the, I, I can't answer that today. But I noticed that Matthew points out something very significant that Mark wasn't his point to get to, but look at what Matthew you says it says in verse 34 chapter 20 that when Jesus saw him he felt sorry for them and he touched their eyes there was so there was listening there was seeing and I want you to know this human element of touch was there that he touched their eyes and instantly they could see and they followed him. The word is for sorry, I don't like the way the NLT says this, but the best way is that it was, it was mercy that he had. It was compassion. Compassion is not just feeling sorry for somebody. Compassion is when there's something that's in your gut that moves you to do something. It's like, I'm not just going to say, man, sorry, dude. (laughs) Sorry, tough luck. I got to go. Compassion is like, I'm I'm doing something about this. I'm not going to let this stand. So Jesus, here's your final thing, was moved into action, moved into action by his compassion. Do you have compassion in your life? You might not be able to heal people physically like Jesus did, but maybe you can facilitate emotional healing for somebody because you love them. You know, that lady who sat with that elderly man facilitated some healing in his life on that day. Maybe you can facilitate some spiritual healing with somebody as you build a relationship with someone who's marginalized, and as they're marginalized, you're, you're building, you're loving on them, and maybe a gospel conversation will emerge 
And you can share why you love them is because you've been loved in that manner because here's the reality, guys. We all were on the margin spiritually. Amen? Until Jesus pulled us in. Until he pulled us in. So here's what I'll give you some homework to do this week. Here's your conclusion, right? There's some action for you to do. It's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you time. It might cost you money. It's gonna cost you some emotional investment. And as we close, here's some ideas, because you're like, I don't know who. Just start thinking about who God's putting in your path. I mean, I'm talking really practical. Who is around you? Who's in your sphere? They're not accidents who are there. They're there for a reason. Maybe it's at work where you're at, or at school, or you realize the occupation that you have as a believer, yes, it puts food on the table, but that's your mission field above everything else. That's where you're called to to be on point for Christ, okay? So who are the people? Let me give you some ideas. Maybe, Maybe it's just a person who has practical needs. Maybe it's that person who has a practical need Look at this passage. Maybe, maybe it's a person who's sick. Think about who that might be. Or someone who's struggling. Someone who's overwhelmed right now. Maybe it's a single parent. Or many, Listen to this verse in Isaiah. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And, oh man, this part right here is rough. And do not hide from relatives who need your help, right? I'm giving that to you right before Thanksgiving. That's for you. <laughs> Then your salvation will come. Do you see? Here's what's going to happen for those of you who invest in people. Then your salvation, and we're not saved by our works, but I want you to know that God does something special in your life when you invest in people, will come like the dawn and your wounds, your wounds will quickly heal. Did you see that? Wow. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. How many of you want God going before you and coming behind you? Amen? He says, you need to do this. You look out for others, God says, I got your back. I look out for you. Then you will call and the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. So maybe it's a person who has practical needs. Maybe it's a person who's lonely. Who do you know that could be lonely? Think about it. Could it be an elderly person this week that needs you to go and spend some time with them? Maybe it's a person you haven't seen here in a while. Maybe it's a person who's battling with mental health needs. And you know what those of us who battle with mental health struggles do? Do you know what we do? We isolate. That's what I do. Maybe it's thirdly, a person who's grieving. They've lost somebody. We're really good in the first few weeks as churches to invest in people who have gone through loss. But what about, and I love Stephen ministry, how it said they show up after the casserole dishes are all cleaned and go back home. Maybe it's been a year. Do you know that that grief never stops? Maybe you've lost somebody, and in your grief, you don't know what to do. Maybe it is that the way that God wants to bring some healing in you is for you to love on those who have lost as well. 
You say, man, I don't even know what to say. It's so uncomfortable. You know what? That's a whole other message, but you know what I've learned in the book of Job? Do you know what the best thing to do is? Show up and shut up. Job's friends did great when they showed up, but when they started opening their mouths, they made his pain worse. So show up and shut up. Just serve them. Love them. Let them know they're not alone. You don't have to say anything. Do you know you can't fix it? But you can walk with them. This is practical Christianity today, amen? This is practical Christianity. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort that God gave them. Here's your final thing. Maybe for you, the person you need to love this week and invest in is a person who has experienced a defeat. And they've had a failure. Maybe it's been a failure that maybe they, they battle with an addiction and they've had a failure and, and they will have a tendency to isolate as well, right? Maybe it's a person who's had a moral failure. They need an outstretched hand. You see Jesus doing this over and over again, not judging, but coming into their world, into their pain, and trying to pull them up. Look at how Paul puts it. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should, what's the word? Gently and humbly, humbly. Help that person back onto the right path. Did you see this is for a believer to a believer? And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. You know what that is? Love God, love people. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. Let's say the last part all out loud as we close today. Say it with me. You are not that important. Some of you could take a clip of that and put it out there and people would think, man, Pastor Bart is mean today, right? That's Paul. Let's pray together. Who needs your investment of love this week? Who are the marginalized that are in your life? Folks, listen to me, as you, as you are just about to respond in worship, when you have a church, I hope you hear this church, when you have a church that is filled with people who are loving people this way, the way Jesus loved people, you won't be able to build a big enough building to keep them out. When the church will start being the church and start loving people how Jesus loves, we can't do enough services. So I wanna mobilize you, church. This is your commission, not for me, it's a commission from your Lord and Savior. You go out of these walls today and you be more like Jesus. Father, thank you for loving us who are on the margins. Would you teach us to be more like you, Jesus? In your name I pray, amen. Let's stand and let's sing.